97% of salespeople are missing this one thing that if they only knew it would allow them to close 75% more sales. It has nothing to do with charisma, the gift of gab, or whatever else you've been told. Because if you're trying to convince your customer, that means they don't want to buy, which means you've already lost the sale. What sales professionals do is sell customers exactly what they want to buy. They work with the customer to uncover their current challenges, the consequences of those challenges, and how that's impacting them. They then help the prospect describe the ideal solution to their problems, what that looks like, and how that perfect outcome will impact them. And once they can picture that perfect outcome, price is irrelevant. That's right. Sales professionals sell customers exactly what they want to buy because it's easier dealing with a happy customer than dealing with a customer who felt sold. So here's the deal. I explain everything in my live two-day sales workshop, June 14th and 15th in my office. Go to closemoresales.com workshop and you'll be able to close more sales as soon as you get back. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about certainty, a topic that feels more important today than ever before, but all in all, always an important topic. We got my good friend and business partner here in the Whale Club, Paul Sparks, not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. Now, we do the show because I learned from a wise man that if you look at the last three years of your business by months and turn all the negative months into zeros, what do you think would happen to your bottom line? And that wise man is Dan Nicholson. And we're here to achieve financial certainty by rigging the game in your favor. Now, I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. Information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire. In the next five to seven years, if you'll take consistent action, you will become one. And if you get value today, please share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. Now, Paul and I are going to be talking about some things that might cause some open loops. When that happens... Don't be in a rush to close that loop. Keep it open. Be receptive. You're going to hear some things that might make more sense later on with that loop open, whereas if you close it, you might miss out on some important important details. So uh, let's start off with some six-word updates. What do you got, Paul? Always know which currencies I'm trading. Oh, that's really that? good. That was really timely. That's really good. I, I feel ashamed now. All right. So my six word <laughs> update, uh, meeting whale club members brought certainty. I like it. Yeah. You know, like what we got a chance to do when we were in Denver meeting all the fellow whale club members is hearing what's important to other people on the other side, right? Like we're the real estate side. We got the blockchain side. What's important to the crypto folks, right? So talking to them gave us more clarity on our purpose and our mission, how to successfully get there. So um, you got some love here from Fraternal House. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about what people get wrong about currency, uh, about currency. So, you know, before I met Paul, you know, I kind of look at this basically, you know, time, money, and, and energy. But since I've met with Paul, there's a few more uh, um, currencies that we're not thinking about. So you want to lead us off here? Sure. Um yeah, it's uh, it's funny because you oftentimes you're like, yeah, I learned this from Paul, and it's like I sometimes I feel a little bit like I got this from Nick and Dan, right? So most of this stuff came as a result of learning through the the um, Certainty Certified Advisor Program. You guys have heard us refer to CCA. That's what this is. What we do in the Whale Club is we teach a, a version of that. Um, the the CCA is a 22 week program. I mean, it was like two hours a day, uh, once a week for 22 weeks. And so 
we are taking that information. We're bringing it to you guys here and these types of, and this podcast specifically, this is what we cover in the whale club. We teach the certainty operating system and how to use it. And so um, anyways, yeah, most of this is all from Nick and Dan and I'm, I'm happy to be able to share this, but um, yeah, let's talk about the currencies that we trade. And luckily we have a fantastic acronym for that yep. as uh, you know, it wouldn't be a good uh, tool if it didn't have a good acronym, right. Or some sort of way to easy way to remember it. So we talk about the acronym timer and I apologize for those who aren't able to see my, uh, my screen. If you're listening to this, uh, recorded, but I like to draw on the whiteboard. So that's what I'm going to do. So we have this acronym timer and these are the currencies that we, we trade. Most of us are probably familiar with time, you know, maybe not so much with recognizing impact and influence, but we're certainly aware of money. We're certainly aware of energy or effort, let's say, kind of the same thing. And then lastly, reputation slash relationships. I don't know if you can see that, but yep. um, this is how, you know, we were sort of taught to think through the different currencies that we trade. So let's use some real world examples. Before I got into real estate investing, I had what a lot of people have, uh, a J-O-B, right? We, we have a job. And why do we have a job? A lot of times it's because we need money. We got to pay for things. Um, so what do we do? We trade our time and our energy for money. Now, a lot of times, you know, you could, you could make an argument that, you know, on, a, on your team, you're making a, a large impact in people's lives certainly can be true. You know, you're, you're growing your relationships and your, uh, your reputation at that job certainly can be true. This can also apply, obviously, in the entrepreneurial world. You know, you and I, uh, if, you're a lot, you know, if you're like me, I got into business so that I could get my time back. Right. I wanted to have uh, passive income so that I didn't have to spend all my time and my energy working for money. Is that kind of how you you see it? That's that's what most entrepreneurs think. Yeah, of, I mean, I think right? if you go back to Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? Which it's amazing, like you know, it launched so many entrepreneurs, particularly in real estate. And you know, you talk about Poor Dad was talking about always trading time for money. Poor Dad was always working for more money, always had a job. But Rich Dad traded money for time, right? So uh, you know, inclusive in that is the effort component. But I don't remember that part when they were talking about. Uh, rich dad, right? It was really just the poor trade time for money and the wealthy trade money for time. And that was it. As far as I knew, right? Like for the longest time, those were the only two currencies. I was, I wasn't ever thinking about other, other currencies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, passive, right? That word passive income and it, it implies a, a level, you know, of effort that's being applied. Like it insinuates low effort, mm -hmm. right? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to use these assets that we've worked so hard. We traded our time and our money to get them uh, and our energy to get them so that now they'll kick out money with very little time uh, and energy. Um, so those are fairly obvious examples, right? We, we buy rental properties for a reason so that we can get money. So we don't have to use our time and our energy, but you know, there's, there's two other major sections here that oftentimes I think that we skip over and it's 
you know, it's, it's, a, it's obvious. I think uh, the other week we used some examples of some of the guys in CG, you know, and we were talking about Eric Brewer, but I'm going to use Leon as an example this time, right? Leon's been on your show and it's just a pleasure to, to know that man. He, um, he makes a massive impact and influences a ton of people's lives. Um, you could argue that he trades his time and his energy for impact influence and relationships. That's where he gets his energy from. Um, and so it's not all about money. Mm -hmm. You know, we, a lot of us get into business and all of the things that we're doing a lot of times end up, this is, I say, we like, this is what I was doing was trading a lot of my time, and my energy for money. But you realize that at a certain point, well, and we talked about this on our wheel call this week or on our uh, cohort call about, well, how much money is enough? How do you know when you've got enough money? And you guys were talking about, um, I forget who it was you were mentioning, had a really good, maybe it was, uh, was it Tom Kroll that was saying that about the only way to know how much money, you, you know, it's like to know how much money you can get, you have to get to the end and blow yeah. yourself up. Like that's the only way to know how much you can get. I think uh, the the quote that uh, Jason Lewis was sharing on the call was a quote from Tom Kroll, which was something along the lines of, the only way to really gain your freedom is to cap your financial as uh, aspirations. Bingo, that's what it was. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to have more freedom, then you have to stop wanting. You have to stop chasing. So let me ask you this, right? Because we're talking about impact and influence. How is that a currency that's expended? It just seems like, I mean, it feels to me like that should be you know, uh, evergreen. Um, I, don't, I don't know if effervescence is the right word, but like it shouldn't go away. So how, how, how do we, we can buy influence, right? You know, this is like <laughs> basically like taking politicians out to dinner or like sponsoring them their campaigns. You can definitely buy impact and in, in influence, but how do you spend impact and influence? How does that go down? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, well, certainly these are different types of currencies, yeah. right? Time is spent differently than we spend money. Um, I would argue that time is probably our most precious of the, re of the currencies that we have. But when we talk about, let's say, influence or impact, how do you spend that? It's, I think oftentimes it's, it's coupled with energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's going to the masterminds. It's coaching your team. It's staying late to help that, you know, salesperson that's... Uh, well, I'm kind You're of wondering struggling. if it's kind of like reputation, right? So like if I have massive influence, right? Like right now I'm in a pretty good spot in my life, a pretty good reputation, right? But if I start sponsoring any, anybody and everybody, right? We take real estate disruptors and we take this person that just did their first deal and we put them on the show. It's going to hurt my reputation. It's also going to hurt my influence. But is that kind of podcast? So I take the money, the money comes in, the reputation and influence goes away. Sure. Well, that's it. It's like you can hurt your reputation or your influence by, um, you know, doing negative things. And so that's why I say it's, it's, it's different. Like they're not, um, they're not traded one for one. Yeah. It's just, it's like, you have to recognize that, um, when you trade your influence and you do something that could potentially, impact your team negatively mm -hmm. there's trade-offs to that it might mean you're going to have to spend more energy later to yeah, clean that true. up yeah like you you, you ride you your team too hard you're you're going in there you're yelling at them you're riding them too hard guys need more sales hit the phones what the heck are you guys doing in there 
That's a lot of mm-hmm. effort. And for short term, we'll get more money. Well, it could cost you money too, right? Oh, well, long term. But short term, I'm getting more money, but reducing my influence immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I also think through, um, you know, let's bring it back to you presented over the the whale cl- the uh, the certainty event over the weekend, and on our cohort this week, we were talking about s- this term solvable problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you think? these currencies relate to the solvable problem so the solvable problem we're talking about wanting to get a certain amount of money by a certain amount of time right um with varying the effort and reputation along the way right because you want to make sure if you're not on pace you want to increase the effort and potentially increase the risk which could hurt your reputation or if you're well on your way then you reduce your effort and your risk which again may kind of correlate with reputation i'm not entirely sure but there's time there's money there's money by a certain amount of time and based off where you are on that equation you modify your effort Mm -hmm. well i mean you're so you're talking about like a financial solvable problem yeah which is what we talk about mostly in the whale club because um i would i would just say that most of us when we get into entrepreneurship that's the first and and maybe most important problem that we want to solve. I mean, you know, you told the story of the Mexican fisherman, right? So Mm -hmm. we know money is not necessarily always the most important thing, but a lot of us, we get into entrepreneurship because we're saying, well, Hey, if I can create enough passive income, it'll allow me to trade that money for influence. A lot of times, you know, it's, we say reputation relationships. When I think of that, I think of, you know, the future family and the kids that I want to have, right? You've got kids. Um, uh, and so what's the impact you're having on them when you're trading all your time and your energy just for money? Yeah. There's an impact to, to your relationships, to the influence you have on those around you. And so a uh, solvable problem doesn't necessarily only have to do with how much money am I going to make? Because, and I think that's the point of this conversation is there's other currencies that we have to consider here because it's not all about the money. Right. Oh, for sure. Because if you achieve your solvable problem, now you don't have to work for money. You have, and you have all the time in the world to influence and improve your relationships. Right. So yeah, we get well, to- let's look at it from the other side too. Let's say that you're like, Hey, I want to get to $10 million by the time I'm 40 years old. Right. I'm 32. That's kind of a goal I have. Um, but what if I told you, it's like, yeah, but you can, you can do that. But when you get there, you're going to be overweight, out of shape. You're going to be probably, a, you know, have, let's say you get, you know, I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say you're addicted to drugs and alcohol. You're getting a divorce because your wife can't stand you. Your kids don't look up to you because they never see you. But we're going to make sure you get that $10 million by the time you're 40. Yeah. It's like. Well, no, I don't want that. And the point is as well, okay, so there's more than just money here. You have to consider the trade-off to these other currencies. Bring it back to timer. You know, so what are you trading? You know, if you're literally trading all your time and your effort just for money, there's trade-offs to that. Your relationships absolutely will suffer. Your impact and your influence absolutely will suffer. 
Yeah. So, so it's just not, it's not all or nothing. So I think, you know, tying in some ways in real estate, not real estate exactly, but in some ways to real estate, you know, like how does this apply if I want to sign up for a coaching program? You know, like uh, I want to, um, I want to make us do a certain number of transactions a month. Or I want to, you know, make a certain amount of money per year. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm at a point now where I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not a W2 person, but I'm not making the kind of money I want to make. I'm not kind of having, not having the kind of time I want to make. And I'm willing to sign up for a coach. It says money and time. It doesn't say anything about knowledge. It doesn't say anything about systems. It doesn't say anything about processes, techniques. So like, how does that all tie into timer? Good question. Um, first of all, I don't claim to say that these are the only currencies. We very well probably have other currencies we're not considering here. Mm-hmm. This is just a fun acronym that makes it really easy to yeah. kind of think through. Um, so with that being said. Well, I think there is, though. I mean, I think that the time component. Right? Sure. Well, I guess time. that's what I'm saying is, is when you're endeavoring to do something new, can we get clarity on why are we doing this in the first place? Mm-hmm. Are you doing this to save time? In, you know, for example, I've paid for a lot of coaches, you know, I'm sure you have too. Oh, yeah. There's a reason we're doing that. Mm-hmm. For one, I'm trying to get where I'm going quicker. Like I, it's a, it's a hack. It's a shortcut. You yeah. can learn what these other people know that reduces the amount of effort I need to spend. It reduces the amount of time I need to spend. It also gets me relationships I wouldn't have other ha- otherwise had, you know, but and so w- when you do something new, I think it just comes down to clarity. Like, why are you doing this? What is it that you're actually trying to get more of here? Um, because it, uh, one of the um, issue processors that we talk about in the certainty operating system says we, we don't have unlimited resources. So we need to optimize, not maximize for everything, right? So we want to optimize for the most important thing. If that's time you know, just bring clarity to that. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you kind of look at, we talk about the W2 component, right? We talk about rich dad, poor dad, but I think the other thing too is for some, you know, someone that's subscribed to our channel with real estate disruptors is they might not have done their first deal yet, or maybe they're still working a W2 job, you know, like mm-hmm. where could they potentially, um, if they're trying to grow or trying to become a successful real estate investors, maybe they have to exchange effort and time, right? For money and influence, right? If yeah. you, if you join, you have a mentor who not necessarily the one that you pay, but you're uh, learning from them by hitting the phones for them or you're door knocking or you're driving for dollars. Like you're exchanging effort, you're exchanging time. And hopefully in the process, you're buying some time, you're compressing time, you're getting, you're getting some money so you can pay your bills. Um, and then, you know, maybe you create some valuable relationships. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you gave you gave an example on a previous one of these calls. You know, when we go to masterminds, what are we doing? We're trading our time, our money, and our energy for reputation. Yeah. Relationships. This is another way of saying that, right? Like, and I think they're they're those are correlated things, right? Your reputation and your relationships. How do people see you? Right. Um, and knowledge, honestly, now that you're saying this out, you know, we talked about this however many times, like that seems like a currency worth trading. I would even call it just like experience, mm-hmm. right? So you could add another E in there, 
yeah. right? You're, you're trading time and money a lot of times just to gain experience For sure. um, doing something. Because well, another, another thing too is because uh, uh, we were in a group text with, with Nick. Another one he used was Tamey, right? Which is by, written by Joe Polish. It was time, attention, money, effort, energy. Attention, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the one like, I remember the very first call I had with, uh, with Larry Yatch. And he said, you know, what is your most valuable asset? And most people say money, right? But like, hey, I'm a seasoned guy. I know what I'm doing, right? So I say time. Mm -hmm. He's like, nope, it's not time. I was like, really? <laughs> Everyone says it's time. He's like, no, it's attention, right? Like, because if you can pay attention, if you can focus on something, then everything else uh, um, improves, right? So like the example he uses is, have you ever been in a situation where it seemed like you're having, like where you it's a situation where you're having a lot of fun, having a really good time. It's like, I can't believe it's already over. Or if you're in a really bad situation, it feels like time slows down. So he, he kind of makes the argument that time's kind of like a figment of our, not imagination, but like a <clears throat> more conceptual than, 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 than scientific. Like we think it is. Yeah. We just gave numbers to it and we can count it, but it's, it's a little bit more abstract than that. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, what are your thoughts on that as far as attention and, and breaking up energy and effort? Yeah. You know, I think it just comes back to what we said a little bit ago, which is there's a lot of currencies. Um, timer is just a way to sort of bring some, some attention to that. Uh, but when you think about attention specifically, I mean, I would relate that to reputation relationships I would, I would relate that to also impact and influence. It is a little nuanced, right? Mm -hmm. um, but certainly there's just an, there's a ton of, uh, of currencies that we trade. And so bring it back to, okay, so what do we do with this? Right. That's What's cool, the application. Great. I don't, you know, okay. There's a bunch of currencies. Yeah. Cool. I get that. Well, look at your business, look, look at your investments in the same way I did over the last six months. And I looked around and it was like, I'm not actually getting more of the things that I want. I, I use this example, um, about how I got into real estate to create passive income. And what happened two years later, I don't actually have any more passive income than when I quit my job. Cause I don't have a W2. So I couldn't right. get loans. Now, of course, I will buy more passive income as we, you know, move forward. So it's not a lost cause yet. Mm -hmm. But my business sure does look pretty <clears throat> active at this point. Um, so, you know, I traded a bunch of my time and my energy to hopefully get, you know, a bunch of money that I could use to then buy more time and energy. Um, and, it, and it didn't end up working that way. So... You know, this brings me up to another th another thing that Dan mentioned over the weekend, which is there's a gap between he calls it espoused values versus mm -hmm. theories and action. And, and an easier way to say that is like what you say you do and you think you do your beliefs about yourself. How is that um, relative to what you actually do, your behaviors? Right. So your thoughts and your uh, and your feelings versus your behaviors if we can get those things in alignment, that's how we create certainty. Yeah. And I think uh, the other thing too, kind of to your point, right? Like we're, we're talking about the solve a problem, talk about closer versus more, right? One of the four wealth commandments is that 
recognizing that these, that these four currencies exist and that we don't have unlimited resources of all of them is that we have these obligations, right? Dr. Jeff Spencer talks about this, like, you know, in our thirties and forties, or maybe I could be, I could be completely butchering this. Right. But at some point we're signing up for all these obligations. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we start these companies like, okay, you know, with each company, it's going to have more active income or more, more income, not active, my part, passive, ideally, but with each company, when things go south, <laughs> I am not getting more free time, right? Right. <clears throat> I have to now reallocate my resources, take time away from this business and put time into this business and expend more energy and resources, effort to get this company back up to a spot where hopefully it won't need me again. But this, one of the common things that happens in, uh, in every business is that you're going to hit hiccups. You're going to hit... Uh, whether you have a separation, uh, people leaving, someone getting fired, someone quitting, or God forbid someone gets injured, right, or a, a, an illness in the family and they're no longer available, but we keep <laughs> adding obligations to our, our, our plate and then believing everything's going to be perfect, but the one thing we know is that things are never perfect. No, they're not. Well, Randy Massengale said <clears throat> to us that for every person you add to your team, every direct report adds a minimum of four hours to your work week. Mm -hmm. And so let's just describe this. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give a personal anecdote for how I thought about business. And maybe those out there have, you know, done similar things and you can relate to this. So I thought that by, getting into business for myself, I was going to be able to, to get more passive income. And then what did I do? I went and I have all these different marketing channels. We were doing direct mail. We were doing, you know, pay-per-click. We were doing cold calling. I mean, all sorts of stuff, door knocking we've done. And I hired two or three people. And then that turned into four or five people. And it was like, okay, so every single time we grow the business, I'm adding more time to my plate, which is actually getting me further away from what I want, which right. is passive income or time to focus on businesses that let's say have significantly higher upside, like what we're working on with whale club. Yeah. Um, well, I quickly had this realization that, Oh my gosh, I'm, a, I'm collecting all these obligations because I have this natural tendency towards more, just like we all do. We're all hardwired to not be satisfied, to go for more and more and more, and we're competitive. So what do we do? We hire more people. We expand to more markets. We do these things because we're going to make more money, but it's not just about considering money in the vacuum. It's like, yeah, but what do you have to trade in order to make that money? Yeah. And is there a better place to make money that aligns with the other currencies that you want, right? Right. Another thing too, I mean, this is something I learned a long time ago when I first got in the business was like, how much, how much do you have in your bank account? Like, what are you worth? You know? And the person said to me, he's like, money is irrelevant. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, money is only point of, is only useful for keeping score to let me know my progress, mm -hmm. which made a lot of sense at the time. But now as we understand the concept of closer versus more and the four wealth commandments and this and that, no, that's, it's, it's not the, it's not a scorecard. There's other things we need to have on that scorecard. Well, bring it back to the, to the example. What if I told you you could have everything you have, you want with money, mm -hmm. 
but you were divorced and overweight and you know, on and on and on the negative right. things that we could say about somebody. So it's like, well, of course I wouldn't want that situation. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you acknowledge that there's trade-offs. Um, so that's all it, that timer is really there to do. And let's bring it back to the four wealth commandments. So first one is closer versus more. Well, how the heck do you know if you're getting closer to the currencies you really want? If you haven't clearly defined that, we call it clarity. So this was a this was something that Dr. Jeff sort of showed, <clears throat> and we adapted it. Um, Nick Nick sort of slightly adapted it. So we want clarity, which leads to certainty. And then he says collapse time. So if we can if we can actually get clarity on the currencies that we want. the solvable problem, how we're going to get there, which is like the roadmap. How do we do it? We'd say with least amount of risk, least amount of effort, most amount of options. That's all kind of in this clarity bucket. We take that and we use it to build a plan to get us the things that we want, that certainty. And then we look for opportunities to get there quicker with least amount of risk, least amount of effort, most amount of options. So, you know, this is like the progression that we were taught in... Uh, the certainty OS. And this is how we're helping folks in the whale club actually use these things, use these tools. It's not just theory. If it, if it stays as theory, it's just a bunch of random acronyms and words. Like how can we use this in our real life? Um, and it comes back to accountability. You need a community of people. We need a, uh, a shared language so that we say things like, timer and case like we talked about last week and we say the three c's clarity certainty collapse time it's it's a shortcut for so, all of us to get to our point um is there someone we can think of right now in the whale club that you know as we've gone through this you can see that they clearly have modified their behavior understanding timer and it's modified their behavior uh yes um, we were, I was actually talking with Mike Stansberry, who's a mm -hmm. CG, uh, select, uh, sorry, CG premier member. And, you know, I think it really clicked for him and it clicked for me in the same way when somebody said, I, I just want to have a boring business. Like I just want it to run. You know, I got into real, it's the same thing. Like I got into <clears throat> real estate for it to be passive, but I'm, but I'm constantly putting out fires. I'm constantly like hiring new people because this person left. And then like that, I mean, you know, the challenges as a business owner, I don't have to tell you, right? Like we right. get it. And so what Mike came to the realization was, was like, oh my gosh, I got into the business for the same exact reason. Cause I wanted to create a business that ran, you know, we all read the four hour work week, you know, a lot of us, Tim Ferriss, we read that book and our business doesn't look anything like that. You know, I wouldn't say that we're always the linchpin, a lot of us have a way to sort of step back a little bit, but I wouldn't consider that a win just because you're not the linchpin, right? It's like how much time when we talk about reliability, if, you know, you said the other day, uh, if you can't take a vacation, like that's not a business I want. I don't want to, I don't want to own that business. I don't want to invest in a business where an owner can never take a vacation. Right. Yeah. And so Mike was sort of like, wow, I need to start really looking at where am I uh, allocating resources to things that are actually getting me closer to what I want? 
you know, he's talking about moving down to 30A and he wants more time with his kids because they're, you know, kind of in that that age where you can spend more time with them. So, you know, this was that's the most specific example because I just talked with uh, with Mike about it. But everybody's rewiring their brain in a certain way to man. Is my business actually serving me? Are my investments actually serving me? Right. Um, and guys, we're gonna put the, the 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 wait list for the whale club in the description. So definitely check that out. If you're interested in working with us in the whale club, uh, how about you, Paul? Like, can you give specifically how you modified your behavior once you understood the timer principles? Before I got into the CCA, I was spending about 16, 17 grand a month in marketing, you know. Um, a lot of that was direct mail, a lot of that. And I, and I, I don't mean to pick on direct mail. Sometimes I pick on direct mail, uh, but fine. it's like, it's fine. Jason Lewis is, is a whale club member. I'm sure he won't mind. I still am. A, I'm still an investor machine user. We still use direct mail, but it serves me now. And, and, and let me describe this scenario, right? If you want to do direct mail, if you want to do, let's say more than about three to four deals a month, which is about what we do right now. You know, we were trying to get to like eight, you know, and I, and I, I didn't really have a good reason just because I want to do eight. That's it. Yeah, it's more. That was all it was. It's just I want to double the volume. That's it. Um, if you want to do direct mail, you've got to have a really uh, a great CRM that can do drip campaigns that is high alert. We use left main great CRM. You know, um, you got to have a lead manager. We're paying for a lot of data. So, okay, so we, we're probably wasting it if we're not also calling and texting that list, which means we need to hire cold callers and texters. And we also need a lead manager because they're going to have to manage all this. And we probably need more than one salesperson because we're going to need to grow. And so I had two. So it's like, so that one decision to go from three or four deals a month where I was doing fine. Like my big, my big, uh, it wasn't the home run hits that I, that I was looking for. Like, you know, I've, I've talked to you about pop tops, right? Like mm -hmm. I can make an entire year's worth of uh, wholesaling fees <clears throat> in one pop top with almost no effort. Right. But I was caught in this chasing more deals. And so because of that, I took on so many more obligations. I've got to hire all these people and all these systems and all these services. And if it breaks, everyone's freaking out and now everybody can't do their job. And so I realized like, I don't want to do more deals. Actually, yeah. I was just caught in competition with guys like you. And I'm like, man, I really want to do more deals. How do I get into their game? You want to chase the clickbait headlines, um, That's which right. I'm guilty of as well, right? Guilty of chasing and guilty of making them. So we had Steve Valentine on the show uh, a few weeks ago, and he talked about how uh, we actually brought up Timer during the show uh, because uh, his dad, right, in the, in this um, back in 2005, 2006, 2007, is like, yeah, we're doing a lot of real estate deals. Let's go ahead and monetize the audience we have, right, the reach we have. So let's go ahead and start an AC company. Let's start a plumbing company. Uh, let's start a painting company, right, because they're already buying the properties, and they need it painted. They need to replace the AC units. They need the, uh, these repairs and landscaping, right? They need all these things. Let's go ahead and, you know, sell them their fries and Coke on top of the hamburger. And what do they do? 
They expended more resources. They hired more people. And what ended up happening is anytime you hire more people, you need to hire more people to manage those people and even more people to manage those people, right? And the result, unfortunately, was because he's never grown a business that size before, was that the plumbing company was unreliable. The AC company was unreliable. And there, because those particular companies, those vendors did not perform at a very high level, it tarnished his reputation. So he went from this guy who was like, oh, let's go, like we have to buy a house, we have to sell a house, we wanna run a property, let's go to this guy. And because their experience with the vendors left such a bad taste, it not only hurt the ancillary companies, it hurt the main hub. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's, I'm, and I'm sure that <clears throat> if we polled most of the folks at Family Mastermind or at CG, they're like, I've, I've stepped in that more than once, oh, yeah. right? Like we've made these mistakes. We're going to continue making this mistake. I wrote down this little comment. I was like, most of us don't want a big business. We think we do. We really don't. What we want is we want the result of the big business, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and it, and it may turn out to be that, Hey, we want a big business because we want to make a max of impact on a lot of people's lives. Okay, we'll recognize that's going to come with trade-offs. Means you're going to you're going to spend a lot of energy doing that. You don't just make a massive impact on the world by having a small, profitable, lean business. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it doesn't mean that you can't recapture the resources from that and go do a different venture that could make a massive impact, but that's kind of how I think about it. It's like, well, I got my real estate business cuz I want it to serve me basically, right? I want uh -huh. it to help me find passive income and I need it to be boring. I need it to be easy. Now, that has nothing to do with profitability, right? I want it to be highly profitable. That's of course, but more, most importantly, bring it back to the barbell. Where does this sit on the barbell? If it's a reliable, uh, if it's on the reliable side of the barbell, it can't be a job. That's not reliability. If you don't show up every day and run the business, it doesn't run. Okay, that is a job. That's not a reliable source of cash flow. So call it like it is. That's all we're saying. It's like, we'll call it like it is. If you've got a job, then you got a job. I don't, you know, it's like, it's, you're not an investor. You're not in the owner's box. You have a J-O-B wrapped in entrepreneurship, which oftentimes comes with more obligation. Right. More obligation, more risk, less time, potentially risking your reputation and influence and money right. and energy. So I think that's the big, that's the big takeaway, right? It's just really, we want everyone to be aware of the currencies. And if you're aware of the currencies, now anytime you make a decision, you say, okay, which, am I which of these am I potentially either expending trading away because I'm infinite trade-offs or potentially at risk of losing it because of this decision. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a pretty good spot to wrap up. There was anything else you want to add before we, we close out. I would like to add something about the fluidity of this. Um, you know, I'm 32. What I wanted when I was 28, 29, I wasn't married. You know, I was just coming off of a, a, 
traveling all the time, right? I thought I wanted something, right? And what did Dr. Jeff Spencer talk about with his humans versus champions mindset? Everybody gets caught up in like, but I said this, you know, I, I made this promise to myself. This is what I said. And by God, I'm a man of my word. I'm going to do what I say at all costs, regardless of the trade-offs of that, right? And so what, what I wanted at 29 is very different than what I want at 32. I've been married now for a year. We're talking about having kids. In three years, when I'm 35, it's fairly reasonable to assume I'm going to want something even entirely different than what I want now. Yeah. So if, if we don't give ourselves that grace and, and flexibility to allow ourselves to personally grow and develop over time, realizing that that target's going to move around a little bit, that's life. This is what we call, what Dan calls an infinite game. Yeah. Understanding your, your currencies, what you want, is going to change. Get used to that. If you build these rigid structures that's like, well, hey, I'm taking off into doing this business because I want one thing, money. Well, then you might get down the road and you realize, well, I got enough money. I can actually use this business now to create a massive impact on the world. Or I use this business. Like I use a lot of my real estate businesses to get me more relationships. I mean, that's how we met. Right. Right. It's like it through my real estate business, I grew a, a, a lot of uh, lifelong relationships. You know, and so I don't look at that business and say, well, let's get rid of it. It has usefulness, right? It doesn't, it's not necessarily the most profitable thing that I do, but it brings me a lot of relationships that I wouldn't otherwise have. So it's just another example of, well, when I recognize that my real estate business is not going to be this home run and it might be for others, it's just not for me. I don't want that. That's not my home run. I want it to be reliable and I want it to attract the people that I want to be in business with. That's awesome. So, it's okay for the target to move. That's what I want to kind of get across with that last piece. This is an infinite game of constantly reevaluating what it is you want. And this comes back to the investor frame. Knowing what I know now, would I opt into this business? Because knowing what I know now, maybe money isn't the most important thing. Or actually, maybe it was relationships, but mm -hmm. now it's like, you know what? We need to put some damn money in the bank. Right. It's like knowing what I know now with this economic shift, you know, so allow yourself the flexibility. I had to do that with myself. You know, I'm, I'm one that's real hard on myself about what I said I was going to do this. Yeah. It's tough. You deal with that? It's tough. With, I mean, we talk about reputation, right? Like my dad, when I was growing up, he always told me like, you only have one name. You cannot tarnish your name. And like, how do we reconcile, right? Like you, you, you can't, do everything you say you're gonna do, because if you if 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 it costs you addition, like if it costs you one of the timers, right? But at the same time, you know, we talk about integrity as a core value. Like, how do you reconcile it? And you know, Nick kind of put it into perspective, which is interesting. Still wrapping my head around this, but stop making so many promises. All right, stop making promises that you may not be able to fulfill. Oh, okay. Even to yourself, like even internal promises. It's not even external. It's just that we associate our identity with I'm someone who when they say they're going to do something, they do it every time without exception. Right. You know, I was taught that as a kid. I was taught the same thing, but what if that decision again, going back to the very beginning led to 40 years old with type two diabetes, who kids don't love you, right? Cause they felt like you're an absentee father. 
and a wife that's, you know, maybe hanging out with the, the fitness trainer a little bit too much, you know, <laughs> like, is it worth it? So, I mean, these are the, these are the things, right? Like there's an infinite number of trade-offs. So, um, couple things that I hope that folks can take out of this is if you don't have clarity, you don't have clarity on the, on the actual, um, currencies that you want, you might be maximizing for everything. You can really only optimize for one or two things and that's going to change. <laughs> so yeah. that's the hard part. It's like, you can't just put your head down and barrel through life without picking it up and saying like, knowing what I know now, does that still make sense? Do I still want the same things? And as Mr. Dan Nicholson says, I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah. It's my favorite quotes. So we're, we'll, let's do this. We're going to put a link for the wait list. If you guys are interested in joining us in the whale club, I'm going to put a post on Twitter. Uh, give us a six word updates. Let me know what you guys took away from today's episode and then we'll see you guys next week.